Welcome to QWERTY Writing Life Podcast, where we have candid chats about our creative lives. This is May. And I'm Joy. For more information about our podcast, monthly newsletter, or author resource series, visit us at QWERTYWritingLife.com. That's QWERTY, spelled Q-W-E-R-T-Y. It's the first six letters on your keyboard. So, are you ready? Grab your tea. Or your coffee. And let's chat. Hello, everyone. It's another week. Hello and welcome. Tonight, we're going to continue our series about creative hacks with working on our efficiency for time. So before we do that, let's talk about our creative weeks. Joy, what did you do? So now this has been a couple weeks ago, but I just have to mention it. I got to go away for our 15th anniversary. My hubby and I got a night away from the kids, which if you have kids, you understand. That's a big deal. (laughs) And we went to this adorable little Airbnb. It is an Airstream that is on the property of an artist. And it's back in the trees and it's right by a stream. And she's put this cute little patio thing um, on the front of it. And so... I was just totally inspired by the trees and the stream and the being in nature and the being in a little tiny Airstream RV, um, just being out in nature with my hubby. So, yay. (laughs) Oh, that sounds really nice. Yeah. I would like to be in the woods (laughs) (laughs) with no other people around. (laughs) You're like. And no cell phone. Forget the hubby. (laughs) Like, Like, just me. I mean, he can come too. (laughs) He can totally come too. (laughs) He just can't talk. (laughs) I'm just kidding. So if you know my husband, he has this beautiful baritone voice that is just, ah, it's wonderful to listen to. So he can't talk, but it was just funny to say that out loud at that moment. Anyway. (laughs) I love it. Well, there there really is something about just being out in nature, you know, I don't know. It's just great. Yeah. I completely agree. I completely agree. Anytime I can get outside is, is a good time for me. Yeah. Except for when it's sweltering hot like it is right now. And you like you step outside and you immediately just like sweating profusely. It's just kind of gross. It is. But, uh, and that's where know, we'll we be take- for the next few months. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to Mississippi and, and Louisiana. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah. But it's great. We got great food. Y'all come on down. <laughs> <laughs> Just not right now. There are there are charms. Yeah, there are charms for sure. Yeah. So what about you? Tell us about your creative week. Yeah. Oh, there was something that I didn't tell you about last time that okay. I really wanted to tell you about. So I have reserved it for my creative week time Bring this week. On. And that is that I cut my own hair using what? YouTube videos. Oh my gosh, that is amazing. And it looks incredible. <laughs> Thank oh you. Gosh. It was so much fun. I felt really empowered. <laughs> oh. If y'all are not watching on best... YouTube, you really should be, just saying. <laughs> oh, I'm pretty I'm pretty geeked about how it turned out. I have like some really cool layers and stuff in here too that um I don't know. I like them. So, I am tempted to like cut some more layers in it and so I think that that is where the 
the issue comes because now that I know that I can do it and it can look like this, like I always, like I'm now thinking, what else can I do? You know, and there's a very good chance, friends, that this was a complete fluke, you know, (laughs) (laughs) but if you would like to know the, the, the videos that I used, I used two. there was one that was like a blunt bob cut and then a, a blunt long bob cut. And then there was another one that was a long bob cut that she did like a long layer on there as well. And so I kind of put the two techniques together and it came with this. So it's a little shorter than I expected it to be, but it's cute. I like it. I like it, it is so cute. <clears throat> and now I'm like, okay, so how do you feel about doing your friend's hair? Cause <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have all the confidence, and that's that's scary. <laughs> but yeah, I'll put the I'll put the links in the show notes, and you guys can too cut your hair if you would like, <laughs> but, or not. It's fine. But either way, I felt very creative and very empowered. Oh man, I would not be brave enough to try because I know I would mess it up. Mm-mm. Well, I felt like it couldn't get any worse than it was. So, <laughs> well, there you go. I mean, when you're starting from a point where you're just like, eh, anything's better than I hit rock that's bottom. Good. <laughs> yeah, totally hit rock bottom. So. <laughs> but we're gonna move on in to our efficiency for time creative hacks, and I think that what we want to talk about first is like the this big thing, like this this big concept of a hack for, for your efficiency for time. And that would be to, first of all, evaluate your priorities and hone in on one or two things a day instead of like a ton of things. So I don't know if you have this problem, but this is my problem. When I sit down to write my to-do list in the morning, especially at work, especially at work, it's like, all of these other things that I know I need to do, I feel like I need to write down on today's to-do list. And so by the time I finish, I have like 40 things written on there, which is good to have those things written down because we need to know what to pull from. So that really needs to be like a brain dump list where I just keep everything on there. And then I pick the things that are the most important from that list and really focus on those things in a day. But that's not what I do. That's not what I do. And I know I should not do it the way that I do it, but here we are. (laughs) (laughs) But I do, I I look at that list of 40 things and I just start trying to work it. Cause it's like, as soon as I can work it, the faster all of these things are going to get done. And that is not necessarily the truth. So Tony Robbins reminds us in an article that is by, uh, actually it's their team Tony thing. So we have the link in there as well. He reminds us or the team reminds us that productivity is being able to make the most of the 24 hours that you have in a day and create lasting habits of achievement and fulfillment instead of chasing endless lists of tasks, Megan. And <laughs> <laughs> they wrote it directly to her. And I feel like they did. I really, I was convicted. I was convicted by this. So uh, it says, in other words, we've got to work smarter and not harder. And that is something that I am working on personally. I recognize it. I have, I have pinpointed the issue. And so now I'm trying to fix it. And part of that is actually this, um, this moment of looking at these efficiency hacks for time. 
And so I was really excited to be able to read that article and be able to identify the fact that I am just not doing things well so I can make a turn so I can pivot and, (laughs) and go in the right direction. So what if you have like 20 things that matter to you? Because there are going to be different areas in your life as well, right? So you're going to have you know, your work things, you're going to have your family things, you're going to have your creative things. And sometimes that work thing is split between like a full-time job and your creative entrepreneurship situation. And so there are all of these different things that really, really matter to you. It's important to note that when we say that we should be consistent with focusing on one or two big things and not 10 things, that we do acknowledge the fact that these things are alongside all of the daily necessities of our lives and of our creative presence. So social media engagements, emails, all of that stuff. So if you have a full-time job that is outside of your creative area, then you've got things that you have to accomplish there. If you have a family, you have things to accomplish there. And then if you have, you know, your creative life, you have things that you accomplish there. So what we really need to do is have a mindset hack, a mindset hack here. So when it comes to priorities, um, we've got to figure out what our one or two, two priorities are for that day, for that moment. And when those priorities get done, then that doesn't mean that you can't find new priorities at lunchtime in order to accomplish those. Um, But there are going to be seasons in your life. There's going to be times in your life where you're going to have to prioritize something that is not necessarily something that you want to prioritize at that moment. So if you have a deadline at your full-time job and you really, really want to write or you really, really want to paint, that full-time job is paying your mortgage, most likely is paying some other bills as well. (laughs) So we've got to make that adult decision to prioritize that at that moment. Um, If your kid is going through something or if your dog's got to go to the vet or something, like you've got to prioritize those things in, in front of some of the creative things that you've got to do. But these are the fun times, friends, whenever your creative life needs priority and you have to put that in front of, I don't know, say you need to take a, a mental health, a, a mental health. <laughs> Maybe, maybe you need to take a mental wellness day from work so that you can finish off some of your creative, um, your creative projects that would bring you back to your original focus at work and you wouldn't have those other things weighing on you and you would actually be more productive at work if you take that day off to set a, to finalize some things. So what we have to remember is that our priorities are not set in stone. They are fluid. And they also need to be adjusted from time to time. If we focus on 20 things instead of the two or three things that need to get done in that day, it's a very good chance that you're not going to get anything done because you're going to have overwhelm. And I have been in this place where you're just sitting there and you're literally just staring at everything in front of you on your desk. And you're like, I just want to go home. Like, I don't even want I don't even know where to start. You know? And that is a place that uh, doesn't it doesn't breed efficiency or productivity. It breeds something else that is not nice. <laughs> that is true. And it doesn't allow us to move forward. 
So I think I think Tony Robbins' team has something uh, going there. I think that they've got something that's really special in that uh, article and also in that quotation to where we need to just take a step back and be like, take a deep breath, take a step back and focus on what needs to be done right now at this moment. So I think along these lines, I think something that has really helped me um, with priorities and this concept of fluidity is for me on the weekend to kind of look over the week ahead. Um, I make sure that I have my husband's work schedule, which I'm going to be honest, sometimes on Sunday night, I still don't have the schedule for that week. But if all things are aligning well, (laughs) I should have that. So if I have his work schedule, if I know all my kids' events, all of my set in stone commitments that I have in that week, I make sure that all of those things are on the planner. And then I look at the work time that I have. Okay, so what do I have in each day? Um, And then I also look at my daily tasks, meal prep, laundry, cleaning, like those kinds of things that are just on there, right? We all have those. And so then I make out um, or I complete my list of tasks that have to get done during the week. So I kind of think of it in terms of the week instead of day by day when I'm looking ahead. And what I do is I divvy those things out during my work times. Obviously, certain things have deadlines to them, so certain things have to be done on certain days. Um, But then what I do is I leave a bunch of them on my week's task list for the first few days so that I can kind of see how my week goes. That way, I can put them where I'll actually be able to do them instead of plastering all this stuff on Monday and Tuesday that just, that was not, like, it's the whole thing. You got to focus on one or two, right? And then if I've put all this stuff on the first two days, well, obviously, they're not going to get done. So then I'm just going to feel really lousy when I have to move it to, like, from Tuesday to Saturday. Like, nobody wants to do that, right? So instead, I've learned that for me, it's best to just wait until Tuesday figure out, okay, what have I accomplished so far? Okay, what needs to roll over? Now, can I start to plug in these other things? Um, It's just a little hack that's, I guess it's kind of helped me. It's a little mental trick, I think, for me. Uh Um, So like on a daily basis also, and now I don't always do this, and guys, I can tell y'all, it does make a big difference when I take the time to do this. If I just take two minutes in the morning to number that day's tasks, total, total difference, total difference. So sometimes those numbers change. Okay. And that's another thing that I've had to learn and be okay with because, you know, once again, I'm one of those people I like, you know, order and schedule and okay, if I've assigned one, two, three, four, then that's the order it's going to get done. But for example, I realize, oh, I have to take my daughter to the library for tutoring and task number two is something that I could get done there. But task number five is something that I have to do at my home desk. Mm, I'm going to switch them. Okay. And I may not think of that first thing in the morning, but as I'm getting into things and I start working on task two, I can be like, oh, wait a second. You know what? Let me set this aside and I'll come back to it later. So those are just a couple of little things that have really helped me. Mm Mm-hmm. 
there is, um, I want to say it's in learndupacom.com, and I think that's where I've heard this first, and it might not be have originated from there, but that's where I heard it, um, where you divide your tasks into locations. So the things that need to be done on the computer, you write it by like a little computer icon. The things that need to be done on the phone, you write it by a phone icon. The things that need to be done at home, have that by the home icon, and then you have like an errands thing too. And I think that that icon is like a little man walking or something. <laughs> but, um, but that you divide the task. Like when you think of a task, you write it by the location that you need to, to do it in. And so when if you find yourself with extra time in a particular place, you can look at your list and say, oh, well, I'm, I'm sitting here in the car pickup line or in traffic or something. So I can do the phone task. Like I can do a phone task here or something. Um, I thought that was kind of interesting. I haven't tried it yet, but um, I did I did think that that was interesting. That makes sense. I like that. Because mm-hmm. there are certain yeah. things, like, there are certain things that I do need a computer for, but I can do it on my laptop, mm-hmm. whereas there are certain things that I have to do on my desktop. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it does make a big difference. Yeah. But if you don't have to, like, go through the list and, and get distracted by other things that are on the list before you get to the thing that you need to do when in the location that you're in, see, that's the thing I have huge squirrel issues um (laughs) (laughs) an email comes in and I have to attack that email immediately like I I drop everything I drop everything and what I was doing I like (laughs) my focus is on that email as soon as that notification comes up and that's not cool right I need to be able to finish something and then move to that because if, if somebody's not calling me or if somebody you know isn't in my office, then the pro- it's probably a lower priority. I can get to that after I finish this particular task. But that's not what my mind says. My mind says you need to address that immediately or you're a terrible person. So, <laughs> <laughs> and so I've got, you know, and listeners, please, if you know something to help me with this, I am all ears because this is something that is, is pretty, it's, it's a pretty big issue for me. And I am searching for, um, I'm searching for some help with that. And when I was in my last position, it wasn't such an issue because it was, there was not the level of responsibility in my last position as there is right now. And also I'm combining this, this position, this full-time job position with my passion for creating. And so I want to be able to fit that into my life a little bit better. But sometimes whenever I have this overwhelm that's left over from the full-time job, it's hard for me to come home and to be you know, ready to create um, after I've given everything else that I have to my family. And I've got to, I've got to be able to find a way to, to handle that emotional stress so that when I do come home, I have good things to give to my family and good things to give to my art. So there's that. (laughs) And it's not every day, but you know, it's, it's a lot of days. Are you feeling me there? Yes. Oh yeah. It's, it's not really anything. I'm not, I'm not sad about it. You know, I chose this position. I chose to say, yes, I do feel like I'm where the Lord wants me to be, but I also know that there's gotta be a better way. So I'm just looking for that better way. It's very, it's very practical kind of black and white for me. It's not like, oh, woe is me. <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out how to maneuver my life and, and include all of the things that are important to me. And I so. feel like most creatives are probably in 
a similar position as far as just trying to like juggle the things and do it um, in the best way possible and yeah. for all the things for mental, emotional, yeah. everything. <clears throat> so, yeah. And this organizing stuff, this does not come naturally to me. It's something that I have to learn. It's definitely a nurture, not a nature situation. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, so nurture me, friends. Um, <laughs> but to move on a little bit, because I feel like I've really just nailed this into the ground. <laughs> <laughs> to move on a little bit, we have some other hacks for time efficiency as well. And um, this one is probably one that you've heard before, but it is still like tried and true. And that is the Pomodoro me timer method. And so you can get it as an app or you can just set your timer on your kitchen timer or your microwave or your stove or your phone. There's timers everywhere <laughs> these days. And uh, for whatever time is good for you. So there, you know, and you have to, might have to practice with a few times. Some people say 20 minutes is good. That's a little short for me. I need a little bit more focused on than that, but 45 minutes seems, seems to be a little bit long. So however you are, you just have to figure out where you are and if 20 minutes might be perfect for you for like a 20 minute timer, really good focus time and then have a five minute break and then go back and do another 20 minutes. If you end up doing like 45 minutes or an hour, you probably want to have a 15 minute or so break because you need to kind of recalibrate um, what's going on with your creative brain and then you go back into that enhanced focus mode. The, the idea here is that you are not going to burn out as quickly because you've given yourself these breaks. And that's a really cool thing because if you don't burn out as quickly in a day, then maybe you can actually be more efficient and more productive than you have been before. You know, yeah. <laughs> so, that's awesome. That's one. <laughs> <laughs> and another way that the timer can help is like, let's say you have kids or a spouse or a, you know, someone like that. And if you set your timer and be like, Hey, look, I need an hour or I need 20 minutes or I need, you know, whatever it is. Then mm -hmm. when that timer goes off, then you give time to them and it helps them too to know, okay, you need this time. I understand that. And you're respecting the fact that I need time with you as well. So that's another way that a timer can help to someone besides yourself. Yeah, and don't hoard that timer, timer, friends. Like, let let your kids see the timer click down, so that they know that they're, you know, it's getting to a zero, that there's there's momentum there, and also so they know that you're not cheating. Yeah. <laughs> they will call you out on it, friends. But <laughs> but it's good for them to see time move as well. So whenever you're bored and you really want to talk to your mom and that sort of thing, and they're uh, they're not noticing that time is moving. They feel like it's standing still or even going backwards sometimes. <laughs> and so um, if they can see the clock, they might even not ask you, hey, how long has it been? <laughs> That's true. Have you, got, have you gotten that one? <laughs> Talk about pulling away the efficiency and productivity <laughs> from that 20 minutes. So, the whole point is, is that you have really, um, you have really good focus during that amount of time so that you can you know, really make some, some good movement on whatever you're doing. Um, another thing too, is that it holds you accountable to actually, um, follow if you, if you share the timer with other people, it holds you accountable to actually be like, you know what, I'm not going to do 10 more minutes because I've made this promise and I'm going to keep it. 
And sometimes as creatives, I don't know about you, but it's real easy for me to be like 10 more minutes, 10 more minutes. <laughs> and before I know it, it's been an hour longer than I said it, I said it should have been. And that's not teaching. Well, first of all, if you have kids, I feel like it's not, I'm not teaching my kids the way to, to honor promises. And, and if I break my word, then I'm teaching them that it's okay to break their word. And that might be deeper than you want to get into. <laughs> but even on these little things, even if I say, you know, one more minute or um, I'll be right back and I'm not right back. It just kind of makes my words mean less to them. But also occasionally, because I know that my husband has unconditional love for me, I will take advantage of that and be like, OK, well, I need to spend another so-and-so amount of time on this project. And that's not, that's time that I, I stole from him basically. So I need to be respectful of that. And also every time that I, I honor that we have a great time and we laugh and we, um, and we love, and that is something that I miss whenever I'm focusing on something other than him when I need to be focusing on him. So So another thing, and this is something that we've talked about a lot too, and that's time blocking. And just very simply, I mean, y'all can look this up. There's, uh, we have a thing in the back of our book, Finders Keepers, um, a practical approach to find and keep your writing critique partner, um, but about time blocking and all of this kind of stuff. And it's just basically like looking at your days and setting aside, you know, certain time blocks for certain things. And it's very similar to the timer thing. Like, you know, this is family time. This is creative time. This is work time. This is school time. This is, you know, all of those things. So that's mm -hmm. just another way of, I think, looking at it, I guess. In some ways, it's a little bit more of a concrete way to see it as opposed to having the timers, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I, I understand what you're saying. You actually see that on a piece of paper or yeah. something. You can even highlight the different time, uh, different areas that you have um, represented on your time blocking. And that's kind of cool as well. Another thing about that is that, you know, if it, if you, this is what you did for one day, you don't have to do it the next day. Mm -hmm. And um, so if you've covered your creative time on Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, on Tuesdays and Thursdays, you're doing something else or, you know, you can, you can adjust things and see that you're actually making momentum on a lot of different things instead of feeling like everything's stagnating. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's kind of nice. It's like, Oh, I gave three hours to this particular thing this week and that feels good. So yeah. yeah. And of course, if you don't, don't know, like how much, how much time it's going to take and, and what kind of things that you want to focus on during a week and that sort of thing. And then, um, time journaling would be a really good thing, place to start. So that's just saying, you know, when you wake up in the morning, how long does it take you to eat breakfast? And, you know, you write that down. It took me from, I don't know, six to six thirty to eat breakfast. Uh, maybe you're the one cooking breakfast. And so how long does it take you to cook breakfast? How long does it take you to get ready? How long does it take you to drive to wherever you're going? Um, how long does it take you? If you have a full-time job, this is going to be a little bit easier because there's a particular amount of time during like eight to five that there, nothing else happens except for your work. So, um, and then everything else, even though you have lesser amounts of time at the beginning and the end, you've got to 
stack a, stun, a bunch of stuff inside of there. But you're also stacking a bunch of stuff inside of your whatever it is that you're representing too if you are a stay-at-home mom or if you work from home because you have responsibilities within your family and your community that needs to be in that time blocking as well. And Lord help you if you're running a business from your home while you're doing all that other stuff too. If you don't, I think that you have to be like the most organized person in the entire world to be able to, um, to juggle all of that mess. Um, but yeah, so if you don't know what to even put on your time blocking, then start with a time journal and see where your time is going, see where you want to adjust, and then just play around and, and try out some time blocking strategies. So the next thing that we're going to talk about is holding on too tightly and holding on too loosely. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you want to like hold on loosely, but you don't want to let go. You know that song. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so, and that's kind of what we want to do. We want to, we want to plan, but we don't want to stick so close to the plan that we're not adaptable and we're not fluid because when we do that, we get frustrated and sad and, and guilty and ashamed. <laughs> so, All those things that Mason and we don't really like to <laughs> the foundation thing, like, mm, we don't want that. <laughs> no, we don't want to do that. So if something goes wrong, um, just forgive yourself and move on. And, and change your plan. Just look at your look at your time blocking and maybe get some erasable pencils or something <laughs> that, you, that you use if you don't want if you don't like white out. But all of this is just trying to help. All of this planning, all of this time blocking, all of these things are just tools for you to use. It is not a Bible. It is not. <laughs> It's not some sort of sacred thing that has come down from on high. <laughs> that said, this is the way this must be done. No, this is a tool for you to use. And here's what, here's the thing about tools. If they don't work, we throw them away <laughs> or we give them to somebody else who it might work with. But if this is not something that you have to stick to, like Joy was talking about with her planners and everything, was that in this episode? Or I think that was in the last one where we talked about that. The last factors, episode. yeah, yeah. So she was talking about how she tried some different planners and she finally found the one that worked for her. It's gonna take some trial and error. We're all different people. We have all different personalities, and there are different things that resonate with us. So I know I know that it would be just so nice if everything that we said here today was something that completely worked 100% with everybody. Unfortunately, that's just not how the world works. So <laughs> be willing to invest in yourself and invest in, in your invest some time in figuring out what's going to work for you because at the end of the day, you're going to be less stressed out, there's going to be less frustration, and you're going to be uh, very confident in your planning and organization whereas right now, if you're like me, you're not so confident in that area. And it really does affect not only my creative life, but my personal life. So, so true. So this next thing that is kind of a little bit of a hack to help with time. This is a deadline mindset hack. Now we've talked before um, several times about how when we set deadlines for ourselves, we always build in a buffer 
Okay, so say we want to get it done in two weeks, but we know the reality of the situation is it's going to take us three, right? Like we put in a, a week buffer or whatever it is that we need. Okay, but here's the thing, and I love this because this actually came from May, and it is so helpful. <laughs> okay, you have to remember that you set yourself a buffer, not so that you can slack off. Yeah, I know, it hurts. But rather, <laughs> I set a buffer for the inevitable outlying factors. So I have to work today, even though I want to Netflix binge. Because what the buffers are there for are for the things that we cannot control. Meaning an illness or a sick kid or, you know, a pet that died or you name it. Like whatever we cannot control and we have to take care of, those are the things that we put that buffer there for. Not for the fact that, eh, you know what, The Crown just dropped the next season and I want to watch it. That's not what that buffer's for. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And I only mention the things like that because it's a pain point for me. It's something that I have to overcome. And I sure do like a buffer. Um, but I also have a tendency to abuse the buffer. And so I'm learning the past few, the past few projects I've been working on. It's like that buffer is, does not exist so that Megan can slack off. Um, <laughs> that buffer exists because May needs to have some, some space in between uh, for things that are terrible. If somebody else doesn't meet a deadline, what if they're late and then I'm, you know, I have to get something back late and then I have to pass it off to somebody else for that deadline. And so that is what the buffer is for, for those things that you cannot control. Thank you, Joy, for reminding me of that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you reminded yourself. Uh, yeah. We just yeah. use my mouth to do it. <laughs> <laughs> so another time hack is dictation. And this is not just for writers, guys. So I know that you've heard probably dictation is helpful for writers and it is. And so if you're a writer and you haven't tried it yet, it's really great. Um, but it's also for other people too, especially if you're trying to time hack some of the administrative things that you don't necessarily want to do. <laughs> so, or, you, or that thing, that kind of, um, that feeling where it's like, Oh, do I have to do this again? Um, dictation for certain things is a good, is a good alternative if you can't type or if you don't want to type anymore. Um, so particularly emails. So if you have an, an app that you're using for your email and it has dictation on there and so you can read it or sometimes it even reads it to you if you're in your car or something, it'll like read it to you, which is kind of interesting. I read the email and then occasionally I'll go ahead and push that speaker button and I will say my response. It types it out there. I read it uh, again, just to make sure that there are no typos and then move on. And that does end up taking less time than trying to think on paper while I'm typing. And so there's that. Another good opportunity is to use dictation for social media posts. If you want something to be in your voice and not edited by your fingers, something that happens when you're in our brains and it goes down to our fingers, especially if we're coming from an academic world, the social media posts can sound a little bit too stuffy. If you... <laughs> If you're using that, uh, that method. So sometimes if you dictate your social media post, you can end up having it sound more like you and save your fingers a little bit of time and rest them a, a, a touch. That's so, um, 
Yeah, of course you can use it for your writing, and that's an amazing thing to get you a zero draft or a first draft or something. But I wonder if some people don't think about using them in the management side of your creative efforts. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great way to think. So we've got just one more hack for you guys but we're going to give you a few examples to go along with it. So this last hack for um, efficiency in our time is multiplying your output. Okay, so what this looks like is it's simply repurposing content. All right, for example, discover writers have extra scenes that don't always get included in their final product. So these things can become a novella, they can become a short story, which can then become some sort of a giveaway or a perma-free or a something, some kind of lead-in piece that brings people to purchase their um, bigger books or get into a collection or series or something like that. So that's just one example. Those extra scenes that you might have, or even if you were practicing with like some character development, just writing in a character's voice or something, that kind of stuff can actually be like brainstorming things for your newsletter content. And I was just seeing uh, an author do, she was a traditionally published author and she had like two years or something, a year, at least a year came between her, her books in her trilogy. And so about six months would, would go by and she would release a short story or, you know, a prequel or something like that, uh, that would bring readers back in to her, her world. So they would be able to last another six months and stay tied to these characters in this world until the next book came out. I thought that was pretty brilliant, to be honest with you. Yeah, (laughs) definitely. So there are ways that you can use those things. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that we're talking a lot about writing right now. This is kind of what we know. But, oh, you know what? I have another example. I didn't even think about this. But uh, I've got all of the illustrations in my poetry book. And so I'm actually using the originals in different ways. I haven't finalized how everything's going to work yet, but I'm looking at some different sites like Society6 or Redbubble to use um, to make those illustrations appear on products that if people wanted to buy them or to turn them into some sort of stationary card or something like that to sell at one of our local um, independent bookstores. So uh, there are ways that you can use even the things that you have put out into the world in different ways. If it's a, a screen printing or something like that, that could be pretty interesting and it's something that you've already done. And I know you had mentioned too before about repurposing your prints and how you could even use those originals um, potentially, mm-hmm. you know, and this might have been for a different project, but um, so many different things that you could do with it. You could have the numbered prints, you could have, you know, things like that that you've mentioned too before. So there's a lot you can do with that for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. When I went to New Orleans on my honeymoon, so this was 16 years ago, guys, so let's <laughs> let's put that disclaimer in there. Um, we, we actually bought some prints of an artist's work, and um, they were numbered and everything, but it was obviously the same base level black and white print, but then the colors were different in them. So I have like these chickadees in a fleur-de-lis, <laughs> in a fleur-de-lis shape. And the chickadees have different colors on them. And so I was able to get two of the prints because they correlated, but they didn't match. And um, 
and they're still a numbered print. It's not something that the artist had to completely recreate from a blank slate. He just added some colors in there from a, a, a copy of his work. And so, and it made it something unique and interesting. And it also made it something that was a little bit more affordable for my husband and I at the time that we were financially in our marriage, which was very young and very poor. So, <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just a couple more things before we close out that come to mind are um, things like book club kits. So this is something that I absolutely love. And all of those little things that we talked about before, like if you have these little scenes that you pulled and you don't think you're going to use them, you might end up putting them in a kit that goes to a book club that wants a little bit of extra stuff you know, about how you wrote it or things that you might have left out or behind the scenes or, you know, what did they name their child? Like, because we know they had a kid, (laughs) but we don't know the name, like, you know, stuff like that, (laughs) right? And then you can also put this kind of stuff in something like a special edition book. So let's say 10 years down the road, you want to put out a special edition of your debut novel. Well, you might want to put some extras in the back of that. Um, so all of these things can serve a purpose and those are all time hacks because instead of being worried about trying to find the time to put out all these extra things, you may have already done it, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I think it is time for a QWERTY challenge. And so we would like to challenge you today that if you have not figured out how you are using your time currently, then we encourage you to time journal and figure out where you're using your time. Do it for a week. Do it for two weeks. I think two weeks is probably a better situation for you. We're not asking you to change anything that you're doing. We're just asking you to report it. Okay. So don't be afraid to really be honest with yourself and journal exactly where your time is going. So it's not going to be helpful for you if you don't write down that you spent 30 minutes on Instagram or an hour on Facebook or something. So be honest with yourself. You're the only person who's going to be seeing this. Be really introspective. You just need to know. You just need to know. I know it's not necessarily fun, but it is absolutely necessary. If you have already time journaled and you are feeling aces about that situation, then we just want you to take a look at some of these hacks and see if there's anything that you can fit into your schedule. Just take a look at what we've said here tonight and see what resonates with you. If there's anything that you'd like to give a try, please do. Remember, you're not stuck to these. So if there is something that you don't love, it's just not your jam, then stop doing that thing. And, and pick another one. If you have any questions or if you'd like to share, please feel free to email us at QWERTYWritingLife at gmail.com. Yep. So you guys have a fantastic week. And go make something. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. We hope this episode encouraged you. Like all creatives, we thrive on consumer recommendations. So please consider leaving us a review and sharing our podcast with your creative friends. If you'd like to continue this conversation, visit us on our website at QWERTYWritingLife.com or on Instagram at QWERTYWritingLife.